everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Welcome back to your hottest and your most favorite and most exciting sports podcast to listen to. Yeah. Welcome back to the Donald and Donald podcast. Double D. <laughs> Shop Sports, baby. We, You know we coming at you straight off script. We give you that brand new Fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Go ahead and pull up a chair and let's chop it up. Absolutely, baby. You're going to love the show. Let's go. D, my man. What's going on? Hey, you know, we got to get to that association, man. We got these games and developments that we're going to have to chop up. But I want to start right here with you. Got a question for you. What's that? For the Milwaukee Bucks and the newly acquired head coach, Doc Rivers, has sand been thrown into the machine? Um, I'm not too sure about it. It's, it's got to give him some time to establish what he's going to be or what his team is going to look like. Um, and plus, we just we understand in basketball, talent alone can win you some games. Um, and you have two of the most talented players in the league. Uh, it's just... And that's the thing with changing your coach. Um, even if you try to keep some of the basics of what the team was doing before, your philosophy is always going to differentiate in some way. Mm-hmm. Cause see, when I think about this whole entire situation, under the interim, they went. The Bucks went two and one. Under the doctor's care, they zero and two. When you think about that whole entire process, we know who Doc Rivers is. He's an excellent. He's a great coach. I know it has to be an adjustment process, man, but it just seemed like early on, it's like it, it still kind of boggles my mind a little bit because at 13 and 30, you was you was winning. You was actually making things happen. Yeah, it was um, with the struggles from earlier on and them never really fixing that defensive side of the ball. Uh, it's just and when you're in the position they're in, it's kind of they feel like championship or bust. So when you were seeing things like, they could not figure out how to fix the defensive problems they had. Even though they were winning games, a lot of the games they lost was because they just couldn't stop the ball. They couldn't stop people from scoring. Um, so it just the 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 writing was on the wall of for them. I'll say it, the writing was on the wall of just we don't see him being what we need to get to where we want to go. I got you. When you think about Doc Rivers, is the first thing to come to your mind is defense. Because, like you say, if you look at these last two games that they had, okay, they lost to the uh, the Denver Nuggets, 113-107. And then, Dame, he went home to Trailblazers and lost that game by three, 119-116. All right? Uh, when you think about defense and a number one score, well, I guess they number two score. You know the one and two combination that you have. You got Giannis and you got Damon Leonard. Okay. Uh, they had 18 that first loss, 25 that second loss, and we know Giannis is going to do what he's going to have to do. All the time, every night, very consistent. But again, I'm going to ask you, when you think about Doc Rivers, do you think about a defensive-minded coach? Um, Doc Rivers is kind of a real-rounded coach. Okay. I guess that's what you get with him. He, he that let's be real, the track record in the playoffs hasn't been there. It hasn't been – he hasn't gotten it done since the Boston Celtics days. But his teams always are competitive. His teams always are sitting at the top as far as when they go into the postseason. So, and a lot of it's not actually on him. He, The Clippers runs. He never got a full team. CP3, Blake Griff, all those guys were always injured in pivotal times of the playoffs. You go to the 76s, the Joel Embiid situation never really – 
came into fruition while you was there. And then when he did get healthy, they ran into those second round hiccups that they was running into. So, he, like I, the track record of being a good team has always been there. He's always going to have them guys competitive. Now it's just can you figure out? And is the guys you got now? You haven't had a Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, Joel Embiid has coming into one of the better big men in the league. But when you were there, he was not solidified as that. So, Dallas, you you got to figure it out. And if, I, I just think it's kind of early. You, you mentioned the Nuggets loss. You lost that game by six to the defending champions. You got And they had 35 from Jamal and a triple-double from uh, Jokic. So, they played their best game, and you hung in there with this being your first game with a new coach. You go out to Portland, that's uh, uh, one of those, we know any given day people can lose games, and especially in basketball, because if your shot's not falling. I, I say this, it's way easier to lose a basketball game, I think, than any other sport, just because your shot's not always going to be there. The, the calls are so iffy in basketball. It's really ref's discretion when it comes to everything outside of Stepping out of bounds, uh, you know things like that. A foul is ref discretion. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think it's easier to lose games you're not supposed to lose in basketball. Yeah, and if I got you go to Portland, a place where this is Dame's home. We're a struggling team. We Chauncey Phillips is a NFL, le- I mean NBA legend. So he's probably telling these guys, hey, they probably coming in here thinking they're going to walk all over you. They ain't probably going to come in here and try to go for 50 on y'all. Getting them excited to defend that hometown, too. You know, things like that. So it's one of those circumstances. I don't look at these two losses as what I'm expecting to see from the books. Yeah, I can understand that. But, you know, a loss, it never really feels good and everything. We had talked about um, Scoot Henderson Henderson and his productivity and everything that was going on with that. Uh, It was a situation where, like you said, we had, what, six points in like six minutes. Not in this one. Uh, When the Bucs came to town, he had uh, 15 points in 22 minutes, which actually is a very decent game for him. I'm pretty sure that um, they knew that it was coming in town, no doubt. They know what the schedule is, of course. Uh, the night before, uh, the um, what was it? The Trailblazers uh, took care of the 76ers. They dropped 130 on them. All right, 130 to 104. Yeah, you can say Joel Embiid wasn't there. Yeah, you can say Tyrese Maxey may or may not have played. Okay, I get that part. But the part I think they was really warming up for what was uh, to come up, you know, next. They knew the Bucks was coming into town, and they knew they had to say something about that whole entire situation. So I think that, that listen, they had this one probably circled for a very long time. And that, that, that nothing to lose mentality can get you some wins like this. Just we don't – y'all don't have anything to lose. And – and they're taking advantage of y'all don't have y'all Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. How mighty are you guys? You get what I'm saying? Then you go to the Bucks, but they don't need no excuse to wake up for that game. Like you said, they probably had that game circled waiting for Dame to come back to Portland. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, okay. So it looked to me like the next game for the um the Milwaukee Bucks is uh, the Mavs, man, them Dallas Mavericks. Now, it's been a situation and everything when it comes, you know, headband Luka and Kyrie, a little bit of maybe the, maybe injury, a couple of things is kind of maybe going on and plaguing the team a little bit. But do you feel that's where uh, Doc Rivers and these new Bucks is going to get their first win against um, the Mavs, Dallas? It's, that's a tricky one because we know what Luka can do to anybody on any given day. You know, he can – we just talked about it in that same three-point. He can win you guys by himself. Absolutely. He can go out there and just win a game. But um, 
just with their health issues and not knowing if Kyrie's going to be there and just them having all their guys right now out there in Milwaukee, I think it is more realistic they do correct the, you know, right the ship right now. Yeah, I, I feel if they can make that happen in that game, uh, I think I feel more better about the process because I do know that it's, it's uh, new strategies, uh, it's a new coach, uh, it's a new type situation there. But for you to take and pull out your first one against a team like the Dallas Mavericks, and we know how good they really are. You got your boy Live, I know much how much you love him and everything. We already done talked about Luca. He's taking Jim Hardaway Jr. Uh, like to do his thing out there too. So uh, they're gonna have to really come in there and they're gonna have to give like a a plus plus effort. Yeah, the thing with the Mavs is just their their health issues right now. Cause it looks like Lively's game time decision, Luca game time decision, Kyrie game time decision, Derrick Jones Jr. and Dante Exum also game time decisions. So it looks like Tim Hardaway might be out there by himself. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. One more thing before we move to the next one, and it's this right here. Um, we know how great of a score Damon Lillard is. We know that. Okay. It has always been an issue on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm wanting to ask just to make sure you feel Doc Rivers can unlock that when it comes to the defensive side because he ain't never really he ain't even really, never really had to play defense yeah. because he was always the score, but this is a different team. Yeah, that's the thing too. Um it's something he hasn't been asked to do just because of the offensive load he's always had to carry in Portland. Um but now, it, I don't think it's something of unlocking Damian Lillard's defensive potential. I think it's more of scheming a way to hide him. And we've seen coaches do that before. They, they would scheme a guy out of being attacked on defense. Can he do that? Like what Steph, Curry, Steph Curry's done a lot in his career, or his, I'll rather, the coaches have done for Steph Curry a lot in his career, is hide him on defense. Now, in the past couple years, Steph Curry stepped up and said, he wants to become a better defensive player. So that only made that situation better for them. But it, it is possible to hide your liabilities on defense. And I think that's more of what they're expecting from Doc. I got you. I'm glad that you brought up Steph Curry and the Warriors because I wanted to talk about that. First off, first off, uh, Steph Curry, I know he's going to the All-Star game, but did he get snubbed as a starter? Um, cause I think I think that's the situation there, man. How you feel about that? Because he's he's gonna be there, but I don't know if he's in that starting five. I gotta I, I gotta remember who's the starting five for that Western Conference. Um, I just don't cause I know it's LeBron. I know you got Brian out there. Uh, trying to think of who else would be in that in that starting five. Cause I don't know if it's a snub because his. Work. He's Steph Curry. He's still playing the game he's playing, but it's some younger, some of these younger guys who's coming up, and they're just taking, the, taking this thing about Shea Gilgis Alexander. I don't see myself starting a Shea. I mean, a Steph Curry over Shea, because it's this year. It's not your career that gets you the start. It's it's this year, and Shea has been the better point guard. But when you talk when you, this year, I got you. But when you talk about offensive productivity, you know that you know that Steph Curry is a score baby. I mean, come on, you, is LeBron starting? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, talk to me. Um, did you look at what LeBron and Steph? It's, it's kind of what other who are you putting above LeBron? And and you got it goes by that. Position wise, and you're saying scoring, Shays are averaging almost 30 points this year. Mm-hmm. 
and he's on the second team in the conference. Or, you know, they're fighting for that first, second seed outside of that conference. That stuff does matter. Right. So in that situation, it's just, yeah, you're putting up decent numbers. You're putting up the numbers that we're used to you putting up. It just don't look as flat. You know, it just don't look the same as it's used to. We're going to get you in there. But it's kind of... It, Passing another torch kind of like? Was, if it was the other way around, we'd have this same conversation about Shea. Right. I think we're only having this conversation because it's Steph Curry mm-hmm. and his name is Steph Curry. <laughs> hey, you know, he draws the crowd and I feel you on it. But check this out. Uh, the Warriors took care of the 76ers 119 to 107. Oh, look at this. Kaminga started. He gave him 26 points in 39 minutes. Please, I told you people, come on. Please continue to listen to the podcast. Subscribe, listen, and follow. Maybe it's a situation now that Steve Kerr have found out, I need to change up this lineup. Toroy. <laughs> but we've been saying it the whole entire time. And yeah, that's the thing. He'll, he'll, he'll play Kaminga a couple games. Kaminga will go off, he'll do his thing. And then it'll look like he'll disappear back to the bench. So hopefully now this is something that they're looking to build on going forward because he has busting he has burst onto the scene this year as a guy you can trust and you you you, you can make him that second third option with the struggles of Clay Thompson with the struggles of Andrew Wiggins and the offensive incapabilities of Draymond Green. Yeah, I got you. Man, come on, he looked great. Like you said, with 26, Wiggins had 23, and Curry, he had his uh, 37. And, like, that's a that's a real good uh, productivity when it when it comes to them and everything. So maybe it's a situation like what you said. He could have be solidifying that thing and uh, kind of uh, making a, make it swing, the pendulum swing just a different direction because, you know, we've been having our eyes on the whole entire time as far as how they're going to do, especially with that trade deadline. All that stuff is going on with that. Uh, they was going to have to figure out something pretty fast. Uh, maybe this is the beginning of something new. Maybe this is the beginning of the reju- rejuvenization of the Warriors. That's who we thought they were. Yeah, because the roster is not completely... I mean, it's not one of the better rosters in the league, but you do have some decent talent on it to where it is kind of underwhelming what you were able to do this year so far. Yeah, I feel you on that. Well, we see where the Clippers, they took and they lost one against the Cavs, but then they got it right back, beating the District 125 uh, to 109. But listen, let's talk about Spider-Man. He's been spinning his web all over the court, okay? The Cavs uh, beat the Pistons 128 uh, to 121. Uh, let's talk about a man, Donovan Mitchell, man, 45 points. You know, he ain't stopped. Especially beating them Clippers and everything, and then turn right back around and then beating the Pistons, of course. But hey, he's really, you know, he ain't went nowhere. It seemed like ever since he left Utah, he's been doing what he needed to do. Um, he his game is his game. Right. He's a, he's a scorer of the basketball first and foremost, and that's just it. Don't matter what city he's in, mm-hmm. that game is gonna travel with him. Uh, it doesn't matter. But he's kind of flying up under the radar with some of these other guys. Um, and we. Just to touch back on what we were talking about, the Western starters is Shea, Luka, uh, Jokic, LeBron, and I'm forgetting that, KD. With some of these guys that you look over on the East, you got Tyrese Halliburton coming onto the scene. Things like that. It's, he's kind of, you know, just Jalen Brunson coming. He's kind of just flying up under that radar, especially being on a team in Cleveland who hasn't jumped out to the early success that they did last year. Mm-hmm. So there, he's a on a middle-of-the-pack team, so he's getting that middle-of-the-pack attention, even though he's still having one of the greatest se- or one of the better seasons 
in the in the league this year, right? Absolutely, because like you say, uh, like you said, his game is there and everything, and it's it's gonna travel with him, and he'll give you a chance to win every single night, man. That's a great thing. Listen, we want to say congratulations to Brandon Miller. He's been selected to the All Star game as a rising star. All right, he still did his thing the other night as well, man. How you feel about his game and his productivity? You know, we done hollered at him. And as far as like, hey, he's really taking, he's coming into his own. He's finding his shot. He's standing up a little bit more on defense. He's aggressive. Now, you know, he's really contributing to the team as a whole. Um, That, that second overall pick is validated. He's validating... Us taking him number two overall. Stamp of approval. We 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 got that one right. Um, Finally, what we see, <laughs> what we see <laughs> in him is is something. And Terry said it himself. They're building something special in Charlotte, and I know it's hard to see because of the record, because of the the losses and all. But if you just break it down, it is the start of something that could be special. Mm-hmm. Brandon Miller. Coming in 15, 4, and 2. He's the only, I want to say, one of the two, and we know who the other two is. I mean, the other guy, that's Victor. But he's the only other rookie in top 10 in every major category. He's the only, I want to say, the only one who's had double-digit 20-point games uh, other than Victor and Chip. Like, these, he's showing, he's right up there with a Victor win Benyama. Yes, Victor's generational. Brandon Miller's right behind him as far as how he can help a team. Because Victor's the star of the team he's going to. Brandon Miller is a solid second piece. He's showing he could be a solid second piece for a team trying to build something. And you look at the only other guy in this rookie class that you would look at as, okay, and that's Chet mm-hmm. Holmgren. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even drafted in this class. So that I think he, he, he he's something to be hopeful about. He's something to be to look forward to. We know how that season's going. It is what it is. I just want to see him continue to grow as a professional basketball player. Absolutely, man. You know it's going to be a great thing to see. I'm glad that they did get that right. Now, you know they played the Bulls, and we got to put a mad shout-out to our boy Kobe White. Hey, UNC alum. He had 35 points on the game. I think that was one from his career high best and everything. He came, he showed out for the crowd, man, came back to the state and made it do exactly what it do. How you feel about Kobe White and his game and his progress, man, because he's a score. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing coming out of coming out of UNC. Tar Heels. Yeah, uh, he got drafted, I want to say, around that eight spot. And a lot of people's questions was his point guard ability, his playmaking ability, things like that. The questions are valid. He wasn't that in college, though. He was never that. In high school, I, he's from North Carolina. I watched him play in high school. I want to say he he broke the North Carolina scoring record while he was here. He's always been a scorer. He's, he, can, he can shoot the ball. Like, he can shoot the laces off the net. Like, he's a, a scorer first. That's something that's never going to change. Um, but it's just getting that chance. And he's taking advantage of it. He's taking advantage of it. In this game, he did 35, seven rebounds, and he gave y'all nine assists. Mm-hmm. While I'm still doing what I consider to do best is score the ball. <laughs> I love it. See, and that's the thing about it, because uh, we have already, I think, cracked over, opened a couple of a little jewel boxes right here. Because, like you said, uh, Chicago ain't is not the best team. 
But Kobe White's game is immaculate, and he do have some help now. He do not. Let's forget not forget about DeRozan, Caruso. We we got and you know we got some, we got some players on that team. We do know that, so we're not taking nothing from them. But like you say, might not be getting a whole lot of exposure. But like you say, it comes times when it comes to the record, you might not see him as much and see that it's actually some quality basketball being played. Can I think we can say the exact same thing with Brandon Miller, man? But it's some ballers out there, man. And I, and I guess it's a situation I feel so much better about is that uh, we, we, we we creating something or these teams are creating something. And with and that's the thing with the record being what it is, right? Your performance tends to get swept under the rug, or it tends to get bundled in with team success. They don't really care about your 35, 9, and 7 <laughs> because the team is still 23 and 26. Brandon Miller, we don't care that you just went out there and helped Miles Bridges. You know, Miles had 30. You had 21. Y'all still lost that game. Right. They don't care. <laughs> it is It is. It is it's something that I know is unfair. It's, it's not because I'm doing my job. I can't go out there if I, unless I'm Luka Doncic. I can't go out there and win the game by myself. It is it's hard for him to do it cuz you're going up one against five. Right. You know, but that's it's just it's unfair, but it's it's part of the territory. Yeah. It comes with it comes with playing the game at the highest level. We expect once you get there, it don't matter. It don't matter if the team was terrible the year before you. It don't it doesn't matter. Once you get there and you're number two overall, we seen it with Bryce Young. The team was terrible. We picked him number one, and he was automatically supposed to save the team. The team went two and something, and now Bryce Young is a bust. You get what I'm saying? So it's that type of we're fan bases are reactionary. Mm-hmm. They react, and sometimes it's invalid reactions. But they love these franchises. They love their teams. They people who are diehard fans is in the name. Yeah, and I can get you on that one because, like you say, a lot of times, as what you just said to summarize, a lot of times you you equate winning with that spotlight of who's on the team. But it's still great basketball being played throughout the league on a variety of teams that don't have the best record. And you know what we do here, baby? We watch sports. That's what we see. That's what we look at. That's how we're able to pull them things out, you know? And it's a great thing to watch because a lot of times you're like, oh, I don't think I want to watch that team. They, that record ain't really that good. Okay, but are you watching the sport? Do you love the game, and if you do, you you can pick out those those gems throughout each game and find a reason to watch it. Yeah, and and these the teams that are struggling are usually the teams with the younger talent. Yeah, I want to be able to see them grow. I want to be able. To, Steph Curry's first three years in the league, you didn't think he was going to be Steph Curry. That Warriors team was terrible. He had weak ankles too. The, like, <laughs> you won the so, so you tell me. You telling me it, it's just that you missed out on Steph Curry going through the process, taking those bumps, going through having to learn and, and build himself up to be Steph Curry. Now he's arguably one of the greatest to ever play the game. Right. Kobe Bryant came in airballing. Y'all gave up on him. Y'all said I'm not gonna watch a Kobe Bryant no more. I don't. I don't, he sucked. You get what I'm. So is that? Is that? That's so quick to write somebody off, so quick to this is who he is. And sometimes it's because of the team you're on. 
Yeah, I got you. And I, and I guess like we talk about uh, the generational talent, I'm always on Wimby Watch, you know, and the game that he played, 21 points, looked great. Uh, they didn't win that game, but still looked great. But you can't miss him. <laughs> Seven and some change. So he going to pop right out to you anyway with so much talk around it and everything. Uh, but like you say, it's a situation where it's still some great ga- it's still great games being played by people that, hey, you might not be so tall or might not be so flashy, but it's out there really balling real hard. Like Paolo Bancaro, man, who he played against it. His game isn't the, the flashy highlight games. Uh, you could just tell this man knows how to play basketball. He yeah. comes from a basketball family. I think his uh, mom was the leading scorer at her college. Uh, she retired. Uh, she left college as the leading scorer, I want to say, for the University of Washington. So, like, you could just tell these. So you watch the game for, I know, it's, especially with social media and the day and age we're in, it's a highlight-driven sports. It's a highlight-driven sports world, not even just basketball anymore. But when you watch it, and like you said, if you love the game, you'll see the the Brandon Miller's footwork compared to, to PG, who he is now. And he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. And you can see the... Fluidity in the comparison of his game to a Paul George. Why wouldn't you want to see that progress and get better? You with Paolo, you can look at him and just tell he has an understanding of basketball that right. makes him the player that he is. Why wouldn't you want to watch that? Yeah, and like you say, that, that we we done discussed it before, man. That basketball IQ, you can't put a price on that. Either you have it or you don't. And it's a lot of players are just continue to develop it in any sport. But once you're able to home in on that and everything, it's irreplaceable. Some of it is taught, but some of it you come with because you done played it for such a long time. It's it's, it's instincts that's important. Right, right. And you know how it is. Whenever you, a lot of times, whenever you play a sport, you you want to take and uh, react more than than think mm-hmm. because think can kind of cause you to stutter step and, and it takes away that fluidity of it you know what I mean you want to continue to make it do what it do naturally just, you don't want to be like thinking a, about your next move you just want to make it you just want to flow with but it. it's that type you know you want to feel free you want to go with the wind you want to flow like water you want to do those things to where it's not what am I going to do right yeah. What am I doing now? Exactly. I got you. Well, check this out. Guess who stopped they skid on losing side of the ball? Hey, it was them Miami Heats, man. They finally took and got a win. 115 to 106 over a very good Sacramento team. And guess who showed up to play? The butler, baby, Jimmy B. He had 31 points this night, man, leading his team, along with Richards with 24. Bam Adebayo, 16, and Hero uh, splashed 14 down from him. They woke up. Where they been? Uh, I don't really know what to say about this Miami Heat team. Um, I know, I understand their identity is much pale in, 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 in construction hat. Like, they're that type of team. I just think... The only thing I can think of when I'm looking at this Miami Heat team is if I'm Jimmy Butler, I know how you said you want to bring a championship to Miami. I know how close you've gotten to bringing a championship to Miami. Those both were miracle runs. Just being, just let's just be honest. Those were miracle runs. Those were Cinderella stories. And I said it before, Cinderella stories, at the end of every single book you read, it says the end. Right. How long do you want to keep being this underdog Cinderella story? 
especially with it not being like it's not like the team's going on the Cinderella story with you, if that makes sense. It's more of your Cinderella and their the the little the, the side characters the, the 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 talking animals and things like that in the storybooks like they're there to help the story go along you're the main character the story lives and dies with you how much longer do you think you can keep this up of dragging a Miami Heat where were you making in the playoffs I'm not saying you're gonna make it to the front but that's the goal so how you're going to have to drag them again because even if you look at this game, yeah, you came out 31. Highsmith, 4. Adebayo, he did do the 16. Tyler Hero, 14. Terry Rozier, the trade's just not really looking like what y'all thought it was going to look like because his shot seems to have been left in Charlotte downtown somewhere. Yeah, with three points and 10 assists. So, And that's maybe what he can bring as his playmaking, which he did show he can do when LaMelo went down. But I don't think that's really what you bring in to Terry Rozier for. You bring in to help a Jimmy Butler. And right now, he's not really... It's still the same formula down there in Miami. Mm-hmm. My the only thing is, how long does he stay there? How long does he keep grinding this thing out? So what do you think? What What's missing? What needed to be added? Because like you said, um, when uh, Terry Rozier was in Charlotte, he was one of the leading scorers on the team. Uh, we know it's just been a couple of games. And he's still trying to learn, you know, his new uh, teammates and all that. We get that part. But like you say, everywhere he's been, even when he was in Boston and all that, he was a scorer. And I'm pretty sure when they brought him in, that's what they expected him to do. It ain't happened yet, but what do you think the missing piece is, Terry Rozier, for the developing and getting into the mix? Or is it something else that's going to take him to, uh, uh, Jimmy going to need to get him where he need to get to? I think even if Terry Rozier finds his shot, the shots won't be there for him. He is a He's a... What's the word I'm looking for? He's a heavy workload type of guy. He's a, he's, I need to get up 15, 16, 20 shots a game. He, I think he needs that. And that's what I, my problem was with him being in Charlotte next to LaMelo. I feel he needs that ball in my hands, let me go to work. That's not really the game style, the, the heat culture down there. I think he needs uh, – I know Jimmy's not going to come out and say this just because of the type of guy Jimmy is. Jimmy's going to work with what he has. He loves these guys in Miami. He loves Miami. He loves Pat Riley. He loves everything about the Heat. My only question is I think you're doing yourself an injustice. That's my only quarrel with the whole thing. And the only way I see this getting fixed, you need, Bam out of body was no disrespect to you. You are an all-star. You're, you're a great caliber player. Anybody would want you on their team. You're not a second star, though. You're not that second guy that these other teams... You're not a Dame Lillard to a Giannis. You're not an AD to LeBron. You're not a Jamal Murray to Nikola Jokic. You're not Jalen Brown to Jason Tate. I can keep going. You're not these guys. They need that guy. Wherever it is, they need that guy. Even I've heard people's names... Some of these guys around the trade room, just to throw them out, Zach Levine. We've talked about where Zach Levine needs to land. Right. Great place for him down in Miami. Um, I've heard about Donovan Mitchell being tied to trade rumors for contenders. Like who, what teams, I mean, what contenders need. I've heard them talk about giving up something for Donovan Mitchell. Great landing spot for him down there in Miami. So it's people like that that is out there. Are you willing to pull the trigger on them and make it happen? Or are you going to stick to heat culture? 
and just go about it the way you've always gone about it. Right. Now, you know, when it comes to the, the coach for the Miami Heat, great guy, and he's a, he's an excellent coach. And like you say, he's working with what he has. Pat Riley, we know he ain't nothing but a winner, baby. That's what he do. And it seemed like if, if that was to happen, it seemed like that would be the place that it would take place uh, when it comes to that. Because I know that they definitely want to win. And if they feel like they're a piece or two away, I guess what I'm saying is you don't want this season to pass you by. Because you know what you got and you can work with it and it can get you close. But you need you may be, like you said, one piece away. And that's the thing. I don't want to I don't know if they're you know, it's hard to change a recipe when the recipe tastes so good. Mm -hmm. Even if you can. My mom was macaroni and cheese. If she came to me right now and said Chef Gordon Ramsay came to me and told me how I can make this mac and cheese better. I would be scared. I want my mom. I would be hesitant because it's, <laughs> it's worked for 29 years of my life. <laughs> so and that's just that. That's how I I think that's the hesitation Miami would have. We've done it the way we've done it for so long. But also, you've won it the way you want it by bringing in guys. Right, right. And one thing that just popped for me is this right here. I love Terry to death. I, he's a great player. But Terry Rozier can shoot you out of a game. <laughs> they don't need that down there in Miami. Now, if he was coming off the bench, mm -hmm. more of trying to be that spark plug guy, cool. Come in, lead that second unit, shoot the ball. Shoot it. But now with you being the starting point guard, like, you're the point now. There's no Lomelo ball here to take some of that distribution like no, this is this is a full time thing for you. Now. Like it's, that's what we saying. He showed he could do it when Lamelo went out for for a stretch of five six games. No 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 no. You got to do this for the rest of the for the the last forty two. Right right. He was a great substitute teacher. Yeah, no, you got to do this for the. We signing that contract now. You, you, you brought on board Monday through Friday. We need you to show up. Class in session, I'm baby. I'm talking about we want you in the carpool line. That's how we want you here early. But, but it, and it's just, and that's the thing with the Miami Heat. Great team. And that's, it's hard to, like we said, change that recipe when it's proven to work for you. Right. And, and you know, just one more thing before we move to the next one is, you know, uh, Rosier, he'll pound the ball into the, into the uh, you know, the court for about 15 out of that 24 seconds. And like I said, great <laughs> player. We agree. He's a great player. And that was just my only quarrel with him in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. You're a great player who just did not fit. It's like trying to put that triangle peg into the circle. It just don't work. Right, right. It got them corners and edges on it. It you don't know, work. Never really liked it. You know, geology. You know, but I got you. <laughs> yeah. Listen, how about this right here? Uh, if this this game was personal. You had them Phoenix Suns play against them Nets. We know the history that's there. KD, he dropped that 33 and say, <laughs> I'm here. What you think about that right there, man? Because they had a great game, man. 136 to 120. Them sons take care of the Nets. And when you think about it, okay, I'm still kind of, my, you know, my question marks are still kind of out on Bradley Beal. He did have 12 points in 36 minutes. Uh, Booker, he had 22, which I feel was a slow light for him. But Nurkic, he had 28 to go along with Gordon, 17. And like I just said, KD's 33. Not a whole lot of productivity off the bench, but they got it done this night. Yeah, um, and this, this this is what you expect from this team, really, just that that top heaviness. Uh, you 
the only question I got about Phoenix Suns is, will we ever see the Bradley Bill that we got used to seeing? I know we've seen him for a couple games. I think that after that first stretch back, I want to say in his third return, he did have a 30-point game. He, he had a great game. It hasn't been consistent, and we're seeing more of these 12 to 15 games more than anything. Um, it might be just because of the touches he gets, because of the looks he's getting now, being playing next to a Devin Booker, playing next to a Kevin Durant. The same looks won't be there as far as you being able to. He's a shot creator. Being being able to do your own thing is not just going to. Sometimes you are going to have to be delegated to catch and shooting, slash into the basket. A lot of that, a lot more of that. Um, and maybe that's the the adjustment that he's going through. But they're still in a great position. Um, and just when you have three of the best scorers in the, in the game, of course you're going to be in a good position. Absolutely. Now, check this out. Now, they did play the Brooklyn Nets. Let's chop them up for just one quick second, man, because when you think about that situation, uh, it looks to me like uh, – all five of their starters was in double digits, okay? Bridges, 21. Uh, Johnson, 18. Claxton, 12. Thomas gave you 25. Dunwoody gave you 16. And your boy Lonnie Walker gave you 19 off the bench and everything. Great. Great. And every. So, how how you feel about that with their development, man? Because it seemed to me like that five plus one, them starters plus uh, that six-man rotation looks great. Not a lot of, uh, you know, bench production. We good with that. How, how far you see the Nets doing you, with their development and, and staying in contention and being in more games throughout the rest of the season? Um, this is I think this year is more of seeing just what they have. Right. Just they're just trying to figure out exactly who these guys are. Um, but it's it's hard to say about the Nets because with Mikael Bridges, what he did at the end of that trade, or when the trade happened at the end of the season, um, he looked like he could be. A number one guy, Cam Thomas. I talk about him all the time. He he's a electrifying player. He's a 30, 40 ball just waiting to happen on any given night. But who can come out and establish themselves? What they need is a leader. Mm-hmm. What they need is somebody to take take the bull by the horns and say, "Okay, this is my team, and this, this we we go as I go." Right now, it's a bunch of it's up in the air. Is 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 we know what you do, we know what you do, and we all love each other. Let's go out there, and just you know. I, and I want to say this that let's go out there and have fun, type mentality. I think that's kind of what they're doing. Um, I know as professionals, they want to win. They, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock their approach to the game or anything like that. But what I'm saying as a team, it just, it doesn't seem like they have that guy who's here to say this is unacceptable. Right, I got you. So, who do you think, and are they currently on the roster that has the potential of being that guy? I know it sounds crazy. They have a guy named Ben Simmons on this roster. Mm-hmm. I know this is going to get a reaction out of people, but just hear me out. It's not me saying he needs to go out there and be, stat-wise, be the leader. But I just think what he can be on a team, he can lead by... I won't even say example, but just by the way he plays. He can lead by the, the get up and down, that, that that head full of steam type of play style. And I just think people could get behind it. I just think people could get behind it. Now, that's a stretch because Ben Simmons ain't played basketball, and I think he came back for one game. And he had a great game, too. I want to say 10 points, uh, like 11 assists, 8 rebounds. Great game. 
we just got to see him on the floor. But I'm saying they have a guy who can lead a team just – and it's not the, the talkative way. It's just the going out there and playing. And I still believe in Ben Simmons. I do. I still think he can be a great player in the league just because of physical attributes alone. And what we've seen, he – he had the IQ. He had the passion skills. He had the, I can get down. There. I know I can go coast to coast. And, and, like, he had all of those things. The mental part is, is just where he's struggling now. Outside of that, though, um, outside of that, that long shot for me, I just think they got to find something, whether it is you hitting the lottery, you know, something like that. You get one of these guys coming out of the draft and, and they blow up our for some reason, you convince somebody else to come join you in Brooklyn. Right. Well, you think about Ben Simmons, and I can understand what you said and the explanation that you just gave. Uh, uh, it's Ben Simmons, he, he has the potential of doing it, but you also have to want to do it. Because if, if you if you have it but don't use it, it's not really doing a lot of people a lot of help. And so, that, And that's why I call it a long shot. Right, right. But it's there. So maybe they can go ahead and work that thing out. Hey, let's talk about these games right here that's on tap. Turn on. This right here, man, I really want you to chop this one up. We got the Lakers versus them Boston Celtics, man. What do you expect? The reason why I ask about all this, hopefully everybody's playing. I don't know, okay? Prince might be in that lineup again. I know how you feel about that situation, but we ain't going to go too deep. What I'm saying is this right here is a very good barometer. It's going to be a temperature check. You go, the Lakers are going to have to come in here and say, hey, we're still out here. And you know what Boston can bring. We talk about them all the time. I still think they got the best record in the league. Mm-hmm. Listen, you gonna, the Lakers is going to have to come with a very large bat and swing it constantly. Yeah, it's going to be – it's going to have to be our one of our better performances. Um, and that it, it's just going to have to be the – seeing what we – Getting what we know we can get from AD and LeBron, I'm, they're a game time decision. Um, it seems off, like that's a lot. That's every game. Every, every, yeah, that's every always game. a game time decision. But um, just first off, they got to be there. If they're not there, and I mean both of them, we can't go in with one. Uh, we we need both of you guys running down the court with one shoe on. Yeah, we, that ain't we good. We can't do that. Um, but also we need both of you guys to actually show up. If that makes like we can't have we know AD you you you've solved the consistency issues problems you 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 always right around that twenty right around your averages of twenty five and twelve you always right there so I'll give me that again LeBron we need one of those twenty eight seven and seven games for you we need that everybody else make your shots that's that that's the best defensively I think we're we're still one of the better teams on that side of the ball just because of what we can do with LeBron, with uh, Vando being back, with AD protecting the rim. We know about Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. We, that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I don't know if Cam Reddish will be there. We know what he brings on the defense. So I, I, I like the team defensively. My problem is you guys forget how to shoot the ball too often. That, that ain't going to work. Y'all forget how to shoot the ball way too often for me. And I think that's mainly our – and we've been saying that for the last three, four years now. We still have not figured out outside shooting on this team. But that and just not letting six guys go off for 150 points. Right. 
if they do get to 130, I want to see everybody. I want to see them use that 16, 17 man rotation they got. <laughs> I don't want to see 80 points from two players. Right, right. So that's just you can't let them do that. We know Jason Tatum is Jason Tatum. He, 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 he. You know they'll chop up a 40-40 yeah, in a minute a if, Kobe, you, if you allow them I don't to. Wanna, but he's definitely the Kobe 2.0 type of, of their games are different. Their approach to the game is very similar to right, me. Right, yeah. It's very similar to me. It's that I'm going to get to where I wanted to go, and I'm going to shoot this ball. Mm-hmm. I don't really care who was there. I don't care what you did. I don't care. I'm going to get to where I wanted to go. I'm going to pull up. I'm going to trot back down here and play some defense. Right. Now what you going to do? <laughs> Your turn. It is kind of, and that's when I say he reminds me of Kobe in that aspect of – and that's that's why I was so fascinated with Kobe because he'll get – it was like he's already predetermined. I'm getting to the top of the key right there. I'm going to shoot it. I don't care if there's three people on me. I, I, I practice this shot. And that's just that <laughs> with the side steps of Jason Tatum. Like It's like the – okay – He's setting you up. It's the dance. That's why I say basketball art. It's the dance that he does with the defense. Setting you up. You know it's coming too. Sidestep. Don't matter about none of that. I don't care how good your defense was. I don't care if you knew it was coming. I mean, you could have called it out to the referee. You could have said, hey, he finna carry. If they don't call it, I'm still shooting the ball. There you like, go. He's yep. that type of guy. Mm-hmm. And you can't let him dictate. You can't let him play comfortably. You have to find a way to make him think about getting to them spots. You know, right? As hard as it say, you know, as hard as it it is in reality. But that's the type of game you got to have against Jason Tatum. And I can understand that. Now you already mentioned the Lakers' defense and everything. And they got a pretty good defense. Okay. Uh, do you feel like they they're gonna have enough to if they lock down or keep them to their minimum amount of production when it comes to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Allow, allowing the other team to try to beat them will probably be the recipe for success when it comes to this because they have been known to be both hot, one hot, one not, or low production on both ends. Yeah, uh, and that's the – if going against the Celtics, that's the – you want Jeru Holiday to take 10, 11 shots. You want Derek White to, to be their leading scorer. You know, that's when you're like, yeah, we did something right. You want them to go – you want them to bring in six players off the bench. Because that means we got it. You know, they're looking for an answer. Right. Do LeBron James get a triple-double tonight? I think he flirts with one. Okay. I don't think he gets all the way there, but I think he get, he, he flirts. Like I said, I think he's at that 28-7-7 and seven mark, 28-8-7, like something like that. Uh, I think he flirts with one. It's just that girl you don't never seem to actually catch. <laughs> I got you. Give me a score on that thing. Um, I'm going to go Celtics 1-22, Lakers one thirteen. Okay, that's the Lakers losing. You know that, yeah. right? Unfortunately. <laughs> I love it. Unfortunately, <laughs> keeping it real, one hundred percent of go getter. Listen, you got the Pacers and the Knicks. Now we do know, okay, Tyrese Halliburton. We we know that probably won't be in the lineup. He's nursing some things, trying to get his his you know some injuries and everything together. So I hope he heals up very quickly. Be back in the lineup very quickly. But let's talk about your boy Jalen Bronson, Julius Randers, OG Ginobili. 
them boys okay now all all since that trade and everything they've been popping off real nice uh as far as trying to get this uh diesel engine warmed up and running properly so how you feel about this because you know they're gonna try to come out with a statement when it comes to this game uh, talk about it i think they've only lost two games since acquiring og on the note i think they're i think they're the hottest team in the nba right now um the only thing i'll the takeaway from this game, uh, the Knicks is let me start, the Knicks are trying to break into that real contender conversation, and they got three pillars on that team with Jalen Brunson, with the human Beyblade uh, Julius Randle, and with now uh, a guy who can limit what your best player can do in OG Arno. The rest of that roster is just the question marks. It's made up a lot of a lot of guys who are here. You got the Dante DiVincenzo's. You know, he bounced around a little bit. But also he he was on championship caliber teams. Like the Bucks? Mm-hmm. The Warriors. Yeah. So I yeah. think he was on both of those teams who won those rings. So he knows how to and he was around MVPs. He was around you know what Jalen Brunson is trying to be. He was around those type of guys. You get a Josh Hart. That's more of the, the chemistry pickup for Jalen Brunson. You know, they played together in college. They they do all these things. Um, my thing is, I think they go try to get a Andre Drummond from Chicago who's kind of wasting the on that bench, solidify that big man group, and then get something off of that bench. Right. Because... You need something. And, and, I, and I, I get you on that because when you think about that situation, um, it's hard to win with the big two. Uh, but if you got the big three, you can kind of, you know, look a little bit at it as, hey, I think we can go ahead and make this thing turn over and we can get closer to our destination. Especially with the three that they, the, the way they went about getting the three. Or the, you know, the, the archetypes of the three that they chose to go get. They go get a Jalen Brunson. Yes, he's a smaller guard, but he's a certified killer. He's your he's your one. You know what I mean? J, J, Julius Randle was already there, um, but he was floating around that. Can I be a one? Can I be a you know? Can I do it myself? Can I lead the team? Nah, you can't. But there's nothing wrong with that. You're a solid two. You're a solid two. Right. You're a guy who can pick up where that one. You know, if that one got thirty. We need 34. You can give us that. No, I'm just, you know, you could be that extra push that gets us across the finish line. Mm-hmm. And when Jalen Brunson's having a bad game, you can pick up that. And like I said, you've shown that you can win us games. You've shown that you can be the guy to lead us in games. It's just that lead us for stretches right? that we want a Jalen Brunson. I got you. And then you finish it off with an OG Anunoby who's the quiet. He don't really care. He don't need the flashiness. He don't need the spotlight. He just shows up. He he would fit perfectly down there in Miami. He just shows <laughs> up and goes to work. He just shows up and goes to work. So now that guy said, you kind of figured out that that three, you know, your dynamic of, okay, our identity is here. You still just need, like I said, I would love to see you go pick up an Andre something. I think Andre Jones is the best option right now as far as just what he can do as because he don't need to score. He don't need you need you want him to protect the rim and grab rebounds. Andre Drummond can still give you that. Um other than that, and then just find a way to get somebody that can give you a spark plug off of the bench. I got you. Who you got winning this game between the Pacers and the Knicks then? Um, if both teams are healthy, 
Um, I think the patience could bring it out just because of that place there. And that's with Tyrese being healthy. Um, I'd go 130 paces, uh, 122 Knicks. Sound like a good game to me. Okay, I got you on that one. How about this one right here? <clears throat> you got the seven sixes and you got the Jazz. Now, we've already done spoke on this. When you think about the situation, it's all, the seven sixes go as Joel Embiid go. Okay? Like you said, he eats first and then everybody second. But he going to have to be on the court to eat. Mm-hmm. And he ain't been there lately, man. You know, so... How you feel about this this matchup and that situation? Because we done already t- touched on this as far as the 76ers and what they can do if Joel Embiid is healthy. Yeah, uh, they, it's not really too much to say about the 76ers, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just they are who they are and they've been that way since Joel has came onto the scene. Since he's, you know, when he was – a rookie in those first couple of years dealing with the injuries, we we really couldn't. We just wanted to see him on the floor. We didn't. We didn't know what he was. Then now he's. You know the game has progressively gotten better. He progressively became, if it wasn't for Jokic, best big man in the league. Like no, I still think he has an argument for that. It's just hard to put you over Jokic right now. Cause it, especially Jokic shows up every day. You don't hear about Jokic being banged up. You don't hear about. You know. And then with you missing the games you missed, never getting able to go over the second round, things like that, you, it's hard for us to give you that title. Even you coming off an of MVP season, you're doing all these, you're doing great things, and we can't give you that title over someone who's not only done what you've done, he's done more. Right. Um, so and he, he's done it with less. You you've had James Harden, you've had these, you know, you've had these guys out there. I've done it with. The guys I came in here with, we ain't gonna do all that. Like we, we, our biggest trade requirement was Aaron Gordon. <laughs> yeah, I got you. We wasn't doing all that, but um, it's just, and that's all it is, just him being healthy and like they're they're filling out the rest of that team. They got a Tyrese Maxey. They got um Tobias Harris, who's still a, a dependable guy. Uh, and in their eyes, they got Nick Batum. Yeah, yeah. You've been looking at that one, too. Uh, but before we move on to the next segment, I do need to ask you about uh, uh, Tyrese Maxey. Um, ever since the trade, you know, he, he came out smoking red hot. Uh, it seemed like his point production has kind, has kind of cooled off just a little bit. He's still playing a very great game, a high-quality type of game, too. But it kind of seemed like that productivity is kind of evening off. You know, kind of like when you take off in a plane. Yeah. Well, now he's kind of up there in the air already and kind of cruising until, he, you know, he can get to where he needs to go to. So how do you feel about that? It just comes with having more eyes on you. He, yeah. has to, he has to get accustomed to being a bigger part of the scouting report. Yeah. Yeah, more eyes on you, more attention. You're going to have to work just a little bit harder because now they're really looking at your game. They'll be ready for you. Yeah, I got you on that. So do you think uh, the seven sisters can pull this thing out? Um, healthy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Healthy them, yes. Um, but I don't think you sleep on the Jazz either. Um, they've they've put together a nice little run as of late. And then that – the roster they have, yeah, it doesn't have the, the big names. It doesn't have that, but they got an all-star in Larry Marketing. They got a guy who I want to say was in at least top three in blocks in Walker Kessler. Uh, they got a guy with straight dog in him in Colin Sexton. They got a great rookie in Keontae George. Uh, I do like RJ Abadje. So they got pieces. They got Taylor Horton Tucker. We've seen what he was for the Lakers. He has those flash-in-the-pan moments. So they have pieces and things like that to where – we can beat you on any given night, and it's not just because you can lose on any given night. Right. I got you. Give me a score. Um, I'm going to go 76ers, 116, 
Utah Jazz 110. Got him. Yeah. All right, here we go. Ladies, you know we hadn't forgot about you. Listen, women's college basketball. You know where we're starting at, my man D. LSU is on a two-game lose streak. All right, they got beat by the You Miss Me State. 77-73. We know that first one, they came up against a conglomerate when they took and they played South Carolina, you know, and we see how that game went. Now you turn right back around and you drop another one against Mississippi State. What's happening, man? Um, just, they gotta get, they, they just gotta figure it out. Uh, first off, we talk about it almost every time we talk about LSU. And at this point, I'm just starting to think it's not there. But you got to figure out some way to get more than six points off of your bench. Because that's exactly what the minutes represent the value that you bring to us. The four, six, there was that four, five, 12 minutes, you know, respectively off the bench. Yeah, I just can't play you guys because you aren't giving me anything. Um, and then with, and outside of that, which is the biggest concern when you talk about LSU, my second concern is Haley Van Leaf. Yeah, because this game, she gave him four points, two assists, one rebound, and 31 minutes. And you add on three turnovers. So it's – and like I said, I know the talent is there. I know the skill is there. I know that. Um, is it you came into a situation – to where it looked. The grass looked greener on the other side. You know it's no place like home. When you was in Louisville going up against this LSU team, it looked like, dang, I wish I was a part of that. Mm-hmm. Until you become a part of Clicking them heels now. And now it's not enough food to go. You know it's not enough food to go around. Somebody's getting scraps. Yeah. And I don't think she just knows how to handle not being a major vocal point. Of the offense. Because when you think about it, they can have the big three. Okay, you got Angel Reach, you got Fly J. Johnson, and you can have Van Lee. But you, I, that's the thing, too. That would be the case if they also didn't bring in Alasia Morrow, mm-hmm. who was the Angel Reach of Mara. Like, she, she she was doing her own thing before she came down there. That would be the case if you if Michaela Williams didn't commit to you guys, who became a big piece of, like, she, she bursted onto the scene. So, it's things like that that you just didn't plan for. You just didn't. You thought it was going to be me, Angel, Flage, cool. We can go out there and get it. Now, Kim Mulkey did what she should have done as a coach and bolstered this team up even more. You just have to get in where you fit in. And if you don't find a place to fit, make yourself fit. Right, right. Will yourself to that win. Uh, like we say, they are tremendously top-heavy. Uh, and then when they won that championship, I mean, I know it was other. I know it was other players on the team, but the only name you heard was Angel Reese. Um, I, and that's the thing. They in the in the tournament run, and especially in that last game um, against Iowa. Let me make sure. Poet was there. Uh, last tier pole, pole. She was on the team. She came in, made some big shots. I think she started off that game like three for three from three. That's the thing. They had a little bit more production outside of Andrews, Flage, um, the girl who went to the draft. So they they lost some key parts of that team, but the main factors were back. Are the biggest factors were back. So. And you added so much talent that you just didn't think you would have these struggles. 
Right. And we're going to get to Mississippi State in a second and everything. The thing about it is when I look at this uh, this game and when I look at this whole entire situation, it's the back-to-back type situation. I It, it just feels like they're going to lose some more games. Uh, it's they, they did win the championship and everything last year, made things happen, and it looked very, very good. And you know how that goes. Whenever you up there like that, they're going to come after you with their very best game. You come in there, whether they come into your house or you go into theirs, you're going to get their absolute best shot. So I do see maybe them dropping some more, man, but I, I'm just kind of curious, at this point in time, how far they can actually get when it comes to tournament time. Um, I'm still not really concerned. I mean, yeah, I'm. it's not as clear-sighted as it was early on. Like, yeah, I do have more worries than I did earlier, but... Water a little dirty. Yeah, it's just the... I, I got... I have so much respect for Kim Mulkey. I, Great coach. I have... I have an understanding of how the game kind of works, these 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 other teams still see you as defending champion. And other than getting my hands on South Carolina or getting my hands on Caitlin Clark, that's the best thing I can I can I can get my hands on and make a statement. So you're gonna get that every night in, night out. You're gonna get the best of the best from these other people, from these other teams. You can't have people come in the game for twelve minutes and have four turnovers. Right. You can't have you can't in a four point game you can't have twenty two, twenty one total turnovers. They especially with the lack of production outside of your your starting four because we can't include Haley Van Leaf right now. So as they you're kind of beating yourself. We talked about it in the South Carolina game. You ladies were up for a big part of the game when they made those final two. When they made that final run at the end, it's like you guys were. Starstruck, it was like you guys got stunned and just could never shake it off. You guys beat yourselves a lot, and it's a lot of turning the ball over. It's a lot of not getting the production off of it, and then it's a lot of just not putting your foot down, coming out as the I'm a defending champion, I'm a killer, I'm Andrew, like you know, coming out with that type of mentality towards the game. And last year, I think it was more of proving themselves or nobody's expecting us to do it versus this year their main names. Yeah, I got you. Uh, when you think about that, um, like you said, you're not too, too worried about them, but it is some concern there. Uh, I just, you, you think they're going to get close to defending their title again this year? Um, I can see them getting to the Elite Eight. Now that's when it starts kind of getting sticky for me. Because you look at some of these other teams that are just they either have the better player, you know, if they was on the court together, they the other team would have the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. Or when you go player for player up and down that roster, there's other teams who have more. Mm-hmm. You look at we talked about UCLA uh before, we talk about South Carolinas, we talk about the Utahs, we talk about Colorados, we talk about um Caitlin Clark out there. We talk about Juju Watkins and USC. We talk about like we talk about these teams where you're not the clear cut head of the mountain. Right. We know who that is. Mm-hmm. And now we don't even know how far down the mountain you sleep. Right. Right. And, and, it, and it appears to me like they're still sliding. But check this out. One more thing before we go to the next game. I think uh, Flazay Johnson. She took. She had 18 points in 37 <clears throat> minutes. When you look at that situation, it seemed to me like you, you, you and she's a scorer. We know that's what she do. 
uh, might need to take a step up in that area just a little bit more, knowing that you top heavy in this thing, and you, you're gonna need those points. It's the it's the <clears throat> it's kind of the play style they have. They do play inside out, and Angel Reese isn't a she isn't a Nikola Jokic down there. She isn't a player to when she gets it down on the block that she's looking to pass out of. She's looking to go up. Same right. thing with the Laser Morrow. They're looking to all because. 17 and 18 shots respectively for them. Flaze, who probably was the hotter hand, considering the efficiency part of it, only got 11. Right. So I think it's that. you got to understand who's your hot hand too, and that's a coaching thing. We just talked about how great Kim Oki is. This is one of those things that you should be able to recognize and start getting plays for her. And I don't, we didn't, I didn't watch the game necessarily. I don't know if her points came later. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's what happened to get her to that 18 or if it was a just a fluctuation of throughout the game. She, but I was, I'm just, you got to find a way to get her more shots, especially when she's a shooting. She was 8 for 11, 1 for 3 from 3. When she's playing that type of game, and I think the league score only had 20, taking six more shots. Right. I got you. And that makes sense. Well, I, I put it to you like this. I think it's a situation where, uh, as far as coach is concerned, I think Kim Mokey, she can uh, figure that thing out. Uh, she can uh, tell him to play. Uh, she can write it on on a, a little dry race board. But those players going to have to go out there and execute and see where they're at. Because uh, you, you bring up a very good point. They are the defending champions. You, you, you need to know that they're coming after you every single night. All right? Every night they're coming after you. And so and now it's time to see will you meet the challenge or not. Because it's head on. They're staying in your eye. They ain't looking away. So we're going to see how, how, how it plays out. Well, check this out now. Me or more. When it comes to your jump shot, I adore. You know what I'm talking about, baby. Talking about them Virginia Techs. Them ladies out there. Taking care of Syracuse. 75 to 62. Man, her game is magnificent. Giving her 25 points in 29 minutes. She's scoring on a, 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 a point a minute. Okay? That's a great average. <laughs> What you think about that, man? Because we got King helping out and a couple more on there. But we already talked about Virginia Tech and how far they made it in the tournament last year. Mm-hmm. So they're looking real good right now, man. Yeah, um, and they beat a good Syracuse team who was 17-2 and two coming into this one. So great. that's a great win for them. And Amor is just she's – a, she's a great point guard. She's a, she's a great player. Um, you look at this game, the 29 – Three and four on ten for seventeen shooting, but then you look at her stats. She averages seventeen point four in the league and seven assists, which is third in the nation. Right. So she's not just a scorer. When she needs to be, she can also get the rest of the team going, and that's something that gets you a lot of wins. Because if you're a scorer mainly and only, it's easy for me to focus my defense on cutting you out. Right. But if I got to also worry about you being able to find the right guy, find the, the make the right play, it's harder for me to have an answer for that. Yeah, I got you. And you know our girl Kitley, man, she took, she only had six points this game in 32 minutes, but that inside presence, man, you cannot measure that with anything because it, it's she makes it do what it do on the inside as far as this team goes, and uh, it, it, she gives them that chance to win every single night. So you got her on the inside, and of course we got her more on the outside. Of course, with the other starters, with uh, of, of course King as well, uh, they they can uh, really uh, put some things together. I'm looking forward to make a lot more noise. Looking forward to win a lot more games, and uh, you know we're gonna definitely. 
have to take and keep our eyes on it. Yep. When I think about this next game right here, man, when I think about Louisville, man, they listen, they are a very feisty team. I, I absolutely love them. They get out there and, and they're scrappy every single night. And it's, it's no really big standout when you think about it. You got Jefferson in this game. They beat Louisville, beat Pittsburgh 7-7-58. Jefferson had 12. The highest score on this team was Curry with 15, and then they just took it and just, they just flattened it all the way out between the rest of the players that was on the roster that could play that night. Scratched out a very good win, 7-7-58 against Pitt, man. I just can't say enough positive things about uh, Louisville and what they can do. And yeah, um, and that was kind of the, the shocking thing for me when Haley left this program. Yeah. Cause she fits so well into that coaching. She fit it it she embodied what Louisville women's basketball was. And that's that like we said, that grass looking greener on the other side, being enticed by that spotlight. It, it hasn't worked out in your benefit. Yeah. Um but and like you said, this team, this Louisville team, like they just do it as a combined they do it together. Right. It's not no one man show. And if you look, they got two players averaging eleven and twelve, and then they have about four, five that's averaging right around that nine, ten point. Yeah, and that's all they need to take and bring it all together and come out with a win. Uh, it's just, just, just great, a great team and a great uh, format. Uh, guess what? What's that? <laughs> Our girl, she back. Cameron Brink, baby. And guess what she did for us? Man. Gave us a double double, twenty five points with twenty rips. As Stanford took care of Arizona, ninety six to sixty four. She did all of this in twenty six minutes, man. And I'm just, I'm so happy that she's back. Like you say, and I think she came back at the time that she needed to come back when she felt healthy enough to go out there and actually do something with it. Uh, because we had a situation where they had a, a a group team effort. They held it together while she was gone. But even more now, she's a lift off the bench. She uh, she's a lift off for the team. Yeah. Period. Nah, they um, it is not a they go as she goes. Or my point is they're. That 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 combo they have in that paint with her and Kiki mm. is a dangerous combination. Right. They put the team on their shoulders. It is not a we're we we it's not a we don't think y'all can do it or we don't we don't have the people around us to help out. No, the team just realizes how great those two are and they're willing to let them do what they do and chip in where it's necessary. Yeah, and yeah. they have that identity, and they under they have that understanding of we go as these two go. Our best chance of winning this thing rides on these two. I want to be the best supporting cast I can possibly be for them. And that's a great thing because when you recognize your role, when you recognize what you have, uh, it's easier to type to come together and kind of fit in. And then when all of that takes place, and then they have a, a great coach with Terry Vanderveer, you know, so all of that just it, it's just it's clicking on all cylinders right now. And so you know the sky's the limit when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end, at the end of the day, we're gonna be calling out their name and their team, you know, to take and make that buy for the championship, man. As long as they keep on keeping this train rolling, man. So I'm I'm so excited that, that the camera's back, and I'm so excited for uh, this Stanford team as a whole. Listen, when you think about this situation right here, 
You took in, uh, you had Ohio State. They took care of business against Purdue. It was a little closer matchup. It was 71-68. When, I, when you look at Ohio State, you got McMahon, uh did great. He had 10 points. Theory had 14. And then again, this is another team that'll spread it out for you. It's not all in just, just one area, okay? Uh, but they was able to take and uh, put this win together and, and take things up, you know, handle business. Yeah, just uh, one of those games that they expected to win. Right. Went in there and took care of business. And they're just riding high off of that up set win uh was it over or Iowa so they're just riding off of that and trying to keep the momentum going and you're getting into that last stretch of before you get into March so they're just trying to keep that momentum going until they get there and and that's the if you can carry that momentum into March Madness that's what gets you those those Cinderella stretches yeah of the teams that you didn't expect to be there but they're knocking off some people on the way to trying to make it to the top. Yeah, you're right about that, man. Now, we're thinking about this one. Indiana, they're 18-2. They put up a whole C-note, 100 points against Northwestern, a 100-59. to 59. When I look at this Indiana team, Holmes, 27, great job, Morris McNeil, Garzon, Skyler, Buford, Mr., all of those players are doing great. And only we don't talk about them a lot. But with only two losses on the season with 18 wins, they definitely a team to contend with when it comes to women college basketball. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing, too. And I think I said this about men's college basketball. The talent, once you get past South Carolina and women's basketball, the talent separation or the talent gap by team for team by team is not as great as what we were accustomed to 10 years ago. These teams, a lot of teams are able to compete now. A lot of teams are getting some of the better players in the country or they're just building it the right way. Building it with identity, culture, and just the minds. Finding the players that fits the mindset of what they want that program to be. Right, right. And we know the the very rich history of Indiana basketball, period. We already know that. That goes unsaid. Now, when you think about this next matchup, I know you, how you feel about Baylor. Baylor uh, took care of Oklahoma State 72-60. to 60. Uh, You had three out of the five starters on both sides of this game scoring double digits, but Baylor was able to pull this thing out by 12. And when you think about Baylor, great play from Edwards, Andrews, and Bugs. Great play. And then you had uh, 15 points off the bench with a couple more just behind that. Uh, you know, how you feel about that Baylor team? Um, they they have that identity, too, of defense first. They try to go out there and play defense, a defensive-minded game. Um, and that, 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 that just benefits any team who buys into that philosophy. Usually if you buy into defense, then uh, you're going to end up being a pretty decent team. Because if they can't score, period, Lockdown. they can't win. Exactly, and I, and I really believe defense leads to the easiest buckets in the game. Mm-hmm. So that it, it goes hand in hand. You play good defense, you get great offense. Right, right, and it tires the offense out if you don't play that great defense, and it's going to give you those opportunities, and it usually ends up uh, creating. Four shot attempts for the other team, and then you can go ahead and run your offense and go ahead and make that thing happen on the other side. Now, I do want to talk to you. You know how I feel. You know how you feel when it comes to USC and and, and our girl Juju Watkins. We do know that. Uh, They lost this game. Uh, It was a close one. Washington beat USC 62-59. to So, freshman kind of, uh, you know, struggles right now? Um. 
She had 19 points in 38 she minutes. Those, she gonna have those those bumps in the roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, is and then we we understand about basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, it like we I just said about the NBA. It's way easier to lose any given day in a basketball game. Uh, you run it. It can be anything. You run into a hot team, and this this day it was Schwartz for Washington. She was just red hot, and they couldn't really match it. Well, they did with Juju and them, but they couldn't really get. And then you look at it; they just couldn't get anything else. The whole team for Washington contributed. Everybody who touched the floor gave them something. You look at USC; you got thirty six minutes. Eight points, 24, three points, 33, six points. Then you get off the bench, you got three total points combined. Right. And Padilla was the, it was, it was Watkins and Padilla was the only uh, two that really contributed to the offensive side of the ball and everything else, man. It, it was kind of lacking and I'm when it came to that. I'm not going to give Juju just a pass because of how I feel about her. I'm a fan of her game. She shot eight for 27, two for seven, and a three point loss. Maybe you should have moved the ball around a little bit more. Cause, like you say, if your if your shot is not dropping, turn into an even better defender. Pass the ball. Go to the open guy. Find somebody that's hot. Don't be one dimensional. Right. Don't be. I if I'm not shooting the ball, I'm no help to my team. Yeah. Because, like you said, that's how you, that's a part of the development process. Realizing that early on, especially like you say, this wasn't a blowout game on either side of it. It was 62 to 59 and everything. So when you look at that, you're talking about a three-point game. Yeah. So this game was very winnable, even with the productivity that came elsewhere. But if you're able to recognize that early and make um, make some of those necessary adjustments, because when it comes to the coaching side of things, the coach is going to coach the team, but also the players need to be able to be addressed that too uh, and say, hey, this is what I need to do at this given time. Especially with... You're coming in as that leader already. You're coming in with that. And that's why you're able to take these shots because they understand the talent level that you bring to the team. But you also have to be you have to be a good leader. You have to understand that at some point in games like this, you're hurting your team. Right, yeah. And we talked about it with, just for an example, we talked about it with the Cat game against the Hornets, um, the 73-point game, and you lost. Is it? I know he had the 60. He had had the 60. You lost that Mm -hmm. game because in the fourth quarter you were chasing your numbers instead of chasing the win. Yeah, looking at the scoreboard and say, oh, by the way, we are behind. (laughs) It's one of those you don't want to be – you don't want to be that to your team. Yeah, and I can understand that completely. We already know who the number one women's college basketball team is in the whole entire country, and that's South Carolina. But this is the part that I want to point out right here. Uh, when it came to South Carolina and that LSU game, Cardosa, she didn't really have a good game. She just didn't, uh, which is fine. And you, every game is not going to be a good game. But this game, uh, South Carolina played Vanderbilt. She looked a whole lot better, man. She had 23 points in 24 minutes, and it kind of looked like she was able to embrace uh, the moment a little bit more. I'm hoping that she's being able to learn from the process of uh, the gravity of what she came up against when they play LSU. Because that's tournament basketball that they was playing that day. And I ain't really sure that she was really ready for that, even though she took and she told Don Staley, hey, I'm the person now. Let me do what I need to do. Uh, go ahead. Because uh, Don Staley said herself, she said she has to want the ball. She has to want to score. She has to want to pose her will on, this, on the team and the game. I think this she was able to do it this night. We need that more out of Kadosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the thing about LSU is you were going up against an Andrew Roos. You were going up against an Elijah Morrow, two of the better paint players in the nation. 
Um, it was a good measuring stick. Brightest lights possible, considering the matchup. Um, and it's a good thing that you got that you got that feeling now, instead of getting that feeling in the turn. Right. So it it is a learning thing because you got she she this is her first year of being the guy, being the lady. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> but uh, it's her first year of. But you know, I think she. I think what's prepared her so well is sitting behind people like Aaliyah Boston. And I keep harping on that. And you seen Aaliyah Boston? I think she was at this game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and came and had a conversation with her. And I think that's what makes South Carolina as great as they are. Right. The family aspect. The you fall down, just best believe it's 10 people behind you to pick you up. Absolutely. And when you think about it, uh, they also have uh, that, that mentality of just taking responsibility and, and saying, hey, taking ownership of what's happening out there. It's a very uh, disciplined team, and uh, they want to win. That's exactly what the word that I was thinking. Right, about. yeah. Don has established a sense of discipline as well as self-evaluation right you have to be able to understand where you're standing at where you're at as a player as a person and where we're at as a team yeah yeah she has them understand and it's no it's the no frills attitude yeah we can laugh we can joke we can you know i'm i'm your mama too i'm your auntie whatever you need me to be until that whistle blows Mm mm-hmm and she's not scared to do it. And also, she has a team that's able to receive it. Because at the end of the day, hey, it's basketball. It needs to be played a certain way if we want to win. So and, it's, that, and it's a character building thing. Right. She's she's building not just great basketball players. She's building great women mm-hmm. that goes out into the world. And, they have, yeah, they play basketball. But I think if you just watch these these women and watch their story, they have, they will have, they have such a bigger impact. Than just that, yeah, and and you can see it on and off the court. Now Colorado took care of Oregon, sixty-one to forty-eight. You, you know how you feel about Von Lake, great game, and she seemed to be the leading scorer this night. She was the only person on the whole entire team uh, was that was in double digits with actually a double double with sixteen points and ten rips, uh, beating Oregon sixty-one to forty-eight. Everybody else, like what you said, and kind of like the theme of what we've been talking about so far, everybody else contributed. So she was able to be the only person in double digits and still get the job done. Just um and if you look at this game, you can tell they they it was more defensive. It was and like I said, if they score forty eight points, it makes our job a lot easier to only have to score fifty. <laughs> exactly. We win. <laughs> and that's just the only way I can why if you say it like that, why don't why doesn't it Makes sense. Why wouldn't it make sense? Yeah, to buy in on that side of the ball first. Yeah, it works, man. It it, it really, really does because you know, and we done discussed this as well. You can actually throw a jump defense out against a very high-powered offensive team and win. It don't happen often. You can't do it night in and night out because you have to work so hard to create that. But that's the thing. You don't fight fire with fire. You don't. You 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 don't. 
you know what I'm saying? I'm running away from bees. I don't want to be carrying honey. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. Well, you got five. Put some water on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you got bugs. Buy some rain. You know? <laughs> Spray it out. I, yeah. Listen. Okay. Now, check this out. I know we're going to You know we have to take and talk about this one now. UCLA, they've, you know, been number two in the country. You know, they've been... Very high up on the level. I think it's been fluctuating just a little bit, mm-hmm. but they are no longer flying up under the radar. All right. Uh, we don't see a bunch of their games because of where they are located. But listen, UCLA lost this thing. Washington took, Washington State took care of UCLA 85 to 82. So they got that people got eyes on that UCLA team now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, and, and I don't want to, and I keep saying it, and I think it's kind of discrediting the other team, and that's not my goal, but we do understand any given night, and that's just how I can think about basketball. And this time, it's not really, it's not really, we just didn't show up. You guys did get outplayed mm-hmm. this just this night. You guys did get outplayed. Uh, like, we love talking about it. You get 20 from, you get 20 from Murakitty. You get 18 from Vila, you get 14 from Wallach, and you get 17 from Ligger. Yes, on y'all side of the ball, you got 10 from Ducek, 19 from Jones, 25 from Rice, 20 from Osborne. Santag was on the court for 20 minutes and gave you zero. Yeah. And only two rebounds. So it's like, what were you out there doing? Working on your cardio? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> and then they ran into that problem of when you're when you're so messed up, when you match up that well, as far as my five versus your five, it does come down to the bench, and they got outscored. They got outscored fourteen to eight. Right. That's mm-hmm. the difference in a three point game. Yeah. Right. Right. We we you know we don't already discussed that pine play because when you look at this situation and when you look at this game and you look at this team, like I say, Washington four out of uh, uh, they five. Uh, Washington State, four out of their five starters was in double digits. And then when you look at UCLA, four out of their five starters was in double digits. But it was that zero that was laid up there. You see, and like you say, that's the difference in the game. Like, when there are close games, it comes down to one or two small details. Right. It usually does. Now, when we talk about Kansas State, right, Kansas is 20-2. and two. And they only got this loss because Oklahoma beat them 66-63. Kansas State is a great team. When you look at it with Sanchez, Sundale, and Glenn, 18-15 and 11, all right, they took and they did what they needed to do. They didn't have a whole lot of help. But this night, Oklahoma was smoking hot, man. Van had 21, Keys had 10, Joyce had 10, and then again, you spread the butter. Everybody else contributed. And then they got this three-point victory. We just talked about it. That's the difference. A lot of these games have been three-point victories and things like that. Um, and it comes down – like, we we keep harping on it because it's, it's just the reality of the situation. And games this close, it's going to come down to where do we get that extra push from. Right. Whether it's one of our starters just having an unmatched type of game or – we're able to throw more at them than they can handle. Yeah. And that's just all it is. And you look, again, you look at just the bench play. You have seven points, or my bad, you have nine points from Kansas State. 
One player outscored you off of their bench alone. <laughs> that can't happen. That can't happen. Not well, in respect to win. I mean, that's just and in these close games, it, that's what I'm saying. You leave the door open, and when you don't, when you're not doing the small things like going off the bench, mm-hmm. things like that, and that door's open. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and it gives you that domino effect. Like you say, the do- it starts off very, very slow, but it builds up to something uh, bigger at the end. And if you're not able to control that or stop that chain reaction, you can end up losing in the long run. Like, let's not forget about Crete, man. Crete's in a 17-3. They only have three losses on the season, but listen, we don't talk about them a whole lot. But listen, they're making it do exactly what needs to be done when it comes to their team as well. They're coming off a back-to-back. They took care of Marquette this night, 76-71. to When you think about Cretan and what they have to offer. You got Morganson, Levin, Jensen, 19, Molly, 21. So they, they putting it together. Lock down, lock you down on defense. And uh, they, they're going to be a team to contend with as well. But they're playing very good uh, uh, basketball, beating a, a Marquette team 76-71. Yeah, the Cretan um, men's basketball team has kind of steady been building themselves up. And now I think the women's basketball team is, is starting to do the same. Right. Um, and they're just in one of those smaller conferences. Um, they don't play the bigger names. Um, and it, and just coming into it, you probably they probably were an afterthought as far as who are the better teams in the nation. That's fine. Just change that thought by the end of this year. Yeah. And, and that's up to them. And they're doing that. They're, they're taking care of business to where you won't be able to look at them and say, Right. I got you on that. And, and, and guess what? You you, you know we can't uh, finish this thing out. We're talking about a girl loco, logo, CC, Caitlin Clark. Man, listen, I will won 110 to 74 over Northwestern. But this is what I want to point out. Yes, Caitlin Clark gave them the traditional double-double, 35 points with 10 assists. Great. And the 10 assists, it was stands out to me. She's distributing the ball because she trusts her teammates and they're delivering, man. It's such a beautiful thing. When we first started talking about Iowa and them Hawkeyes and everything they had and what was going on, it was a situation of who was going else was going to contribute because the most consistent, consistent thing that was going on was Caitlin Clark. We knew what she had, a great, wonderful basketball player. But her teammates stopped looking at her play the game and has started to contribute. And I've seen it, man, when they play, they knock it down from three as well. And that's a wonderful thing because that's uh, Caitlin Clark's territory out there in that three-point land. Yeah. Uh, the thing with them, she she's always been able to pass the ball. Uh, she leads the nation right now. We just talked about Georgia Moore being third at 7.1. She leads the nation at 7.7. We talk about Georgia Moore averaging 17. Caitlin Clark's leading the nation at assists, but also is averaging 35. So that shows it's not – her, it's not that she's unwilling to pass the ball. She's kind of taken that understanding of sometimes I can't. Sometimes I have to go out there and score 50. But the the thing I'm seeing from this game, yeah, she had 10 assists. It looks like everybody else was looking for their shots more, though. It wasn't like every – my thing is, when you look at some of these games, this you got 17 from Stokowski, Stoker. 12 from Marshall, 16 from Martin, and that starting lineup. Usually you'll see Caitlin Clark have this type of lineup with two points, seven points, 
five points. That tells you that she she initiated everything for them offensively. Right. Not just scoring, but also they weren't scoring unless she found them in the positions to score. This game kind of told me that they are capable of finding their own. If y'all can keep this up, continue this for the, this last stretch of the season, you guys have you guys better your chances of correcting what happened last year. Right, exactly. It was so close. So close. But and, she just couldn't do it all. She could not keep that up. Right. And we know they, they have a couple – Iowa does have a couple losses on the season, but this consistency and the time that they're getting hot and they're bettering themselves and getting better each and every game is not only fun to watch, but just the, the, the growing of the team as a whole has got to leave them feeling very good about their chances going yeah. forward. Have yeah. to. And especially considering you got the one thing nobody else has in the nation. Who that? Caitlin Clark. Say, say. <laughs> Love it. Check this out. Now, we got them games on tap, baby, with that must-see TV when it comes to the women's college hoops. All right? Let's run this thing down real quick. We got Virginia Tech against Virginia. You know that's going to be an in-state rival type situation going on. We're going to have Wisconsin against Ohio State. Ohio State, we just talked about them. Only three losses on the season. We got that gritty Louisville team at 18-3 and going up against Syracuse. You know that's going to be a smoker. Notre Dame. How about this one? This matchup right here. Notre Dame against Georgia Tech. Talk to me. Uh, This Notre Dame team is is dangerous, <laughs> and that's just the best way I can put it. They 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 just have the talents there. They're a little younger on that side of the ball, but I just like what they can do. They're they're consistently right there at that floating around the top teams in the nation. Um, they just have to find a way to push it all the way over the hill, right? Get it over that mountain. And I think they, I think they have the capability of, of doing that, and they may show it this game that night. So look, when you think about this, you got what South Carolina still undefeated, baby. All right, going up against a Auburn team with a pretty decent record at fourteen and six. Uh, so do you feel this train is still choo choo on down the line? Oh yeah, I, no disrespect to Auburn, uh, I just don't see South Carolina. Letting a bump in the road happen right now. Yeah, and and and, and I and I love it, and, and and I love to watch it. But it is a certain thing. And listen, I, I I want them to have a perfect season. I really really do. But it's it is a certain thing as a good loss. But like I say, we don't want that loss inside the tournament because we'll be missing out on some great basketball if that takes place. Yeah. Okay, so but I'm, I'm happy for them though, man. I am, and I'm going to continue to watch this thing, thing as it with, grows. The thing with losses though, losses. When they say losses, there is a such thing as a good loss. Those things are when you need teaching moments. This South Carolina team, it doesn't take them to lose to learn. And we just talked about it as far as Cardosa and what she went up against in LSU and then how she turned around and played that next game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take them to have to lose for them to learn a lesson. And that's credited to what we talked about with Don State, with the players keeping that connection of, yeah, we just went to the league, but I'm still a game cop. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I guess when I kind of think about it, um, you know, and, and I just was making a, a quick reference to, to the NFL, you know, it was a team out there that went 10-1 and one 
and look very, very good, but they're going to watch the Super Bowl with us. I'm just saying, but hey, like you said, they don't have to lose to learn. But that's what I'm saying. They took them losses and they didn't learn nothing. <laughs> Boom. Got him. Listen, we got a 12 13. Uh, we got a 12 13 matchup with Texas and Baylor. That should be a great one. But I want to talk about this in state rival, baby. UNC, them Lady Tar Heels against NC State. Now, we do know that uh, NC State, man, at 18 and 2, number 5, sitting there in the top 10, uh, just looking real nice with the things that they do. And we know what UNC brings. And whenever it comes and you playing basketball in the same state. You got university against university. You grit against grit. Okay? Bacon against eggs. You win, uh, Listen, this is going to be a great game. Yeah. Uh, what The thing that scares me is what North Carolina State does is more team related mm-hmm. versus what we do is more Kelly Utsby related. De- yeah, De- Deja Kelly. And Lisa uh, uh, Utsby. Like, we have two players... That, that we lean so heavily on versus when you go up against a full team. And we just talked about it. We go up against – and we haven't – like we, we, we've seen other teams kind of figure out how to get the rest of the team going. Mm. Tar Heels have not figured that out yet. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> and that scares me going into this game. Because it usually ends up with just having a great season. And that's it. And having a great season means that you have no post-play. Yeah. And we, exactly. and we, that ain't what we want. And, that, and when you look at it, our last game against Virginia, we lost 81-66. to 66. And it's because us, me, and Kelly, they, they never got gone. And that's just the reality of where we stand. If we don't have them two playing at peak levels, we don't give ourselves a chance. Right. I can understand that. I think it's going to be a great game. And I, like I said before, that center for UNC uh, had a, a great game a couple of games ago. Hopefully they step up big time and able to take and uh, do what they need to do when it comes to this game and uh, make it a very, very competitive one. And rounding out tonight, we got – when you think about Gonzaga, you you know what the men's basketball team can do with Mark Few. Great program inside and out. But also – Hey, the Gonzaga girls, okay, the the women's, they are at 20 and 2 and they're playing great ball as well. They got a, a little tester against San Diego. Uh they, they have to do what what gives Gonzaga does so well. Take care of being in a weaker conference. Dominate, establish a form of dominance and that and that alone gets you to the big day. When you get there, you have to understand it's a one night thing. We're not looking to next round. We're not looking to. We're not looking at none of that. We don't care about what they did in the regular season. None of that matters. You have to establish. And y'all, are, we talk about San Diego. They're an under five hundred team compared to you coming in on a ten game winning streak. And this is the only thing. What I was, take care of what you're supposed to take care of. Handle what you can handle, and that's dominating this Western Coast Conference. Yes, absolutely. Listen, you know, and we done talked about this on several different occasions. When you have that underdog mentality, when you have that nothing to lose mentality, when you have that they don't expect us to win, man, you, you you're playing so relaxed out there. And if those and they see a couple of shots start going into the basket, they start dribble driving, they start getting those fouls, they go to the charity strike. That thing the thing I'm saying about I think they got the perfect example to look at with their Gonzaga men's basketball team. Yes, dominate the WCC. What I think that does for you is it takes that it takes that 
it flips that or we're going into this game with them expecting us to lose mentality and it turns it into oh they're in for something tonight <laughs> tonight's the night I don't know who they think we is <laughs> just because we come from the conference we come and that's you can see it with Gonzaga yeah we establish our dominance over our conference and that builds up our confidence to when we do go play a team from the ACC we go play a team from the Pac-12 we go play a team from the big it don't matter where you're from we know we're the best of the best, and, you know, and that's just when you get that mentality, when you gain that confidence, it's hard for another team to come in here and tell you that you're not that. There you go. I love it. <laughs> Listen, must see TV. Yeah. And when you come in like that with your mind right. <laughs> you know so keep building, and y'all are in a perfect place to do it. Yeah. Keep building on, I don't want to say like, but be the bully of the conference that you're in right now. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you want to win. And then take that bully mentality into the tournament. <laughs> Great stuff. You're going to have to watch it. You know that's must-see TV when it comes to women's basketball and women's sports, period. We love you guys here at the Double Dog Script Podcast, better Listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We would like to thank everyone for listening to the Doubled Off Script Podcast, baby. Don't forget to like your favorite episodes, and please remember to subscribe, listen, and follow the show. And one more thing. Remember to drink your water, and don't forget to stretch. Double D.